Hello everyone, you are listening to the Igbo Initiative podcast with Ugochi Onyewu. Welcome to the show. Hello everyone, welcome to the Igbo Initiative podcast where we celebrate Igbo culture by speaking to amazing women in different walks of life who are either Igbo or have a very close tie to the Igbo culture. Today, I had the honor of speaking with the amazingly talented and super funny Yvonne Orji, and it was truly awesome. Yvonne is a sitcom creator, comedian and actress best known as Molly in the hit HBO series Insecure. She has also acted roles in Love That Girl, Jane the Virgin, Flip the Script and Night School. She co-hosts the podcast Jesus and Jalof with Lovey Ajayi. Additionally, she is the creator of the First Gen Show, a show that brings the first generation Nigerian American story to a mainstream audience. Recently, Yvonne was also a guest on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. In spite of all her accolades, Yvonne is one of the most down-to-earth, humble people I have ever met. In today's episode, we chat about faith, being available to God's plan, and handling rejection. Hi, Yvonne. I am so excited to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm doing. I'm actually doing phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot going on in your life, which I'm really excited to discuss. Thank you so much for joining today. Oh, no problem. No problem. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So let's start. I mean, I always start with the same kind of question. Uh, just talking a little bit about what it was like growing up as an Evo child in an Evo um, family and how that influenced you to be who you are today. If you can just talk a little bit about that. Oh, man. You know, when you're going when you're going through the process of, of being an Evo child growing up in America with very strict Evo parents, you don't really realize everything that they're instilling in you until mm. you become a full-grown adult. <laughs> and you're like, ah, you know, that's my parents. They were very wise. They were actually those people. They, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> but in the, you know, in, the, in the process when, you know, at 16, your dad is like, you cannot date until you get married. And you're like, wait, what? Wait, how does that make sense? I, so is that a no? You know, and then, you know you're, trying to, you're trying to be Americanized. And they're like, no, as far as these four walls are concerned, this is what I call Nigeria. Yes. Like, oh, okay. You know, so, you know, but they really instilled into us like a, 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 a fervent pursuit of all things academic, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like being smart was a great, uh, like equalizer. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how much money you have or you don't have. If you're intelligent, you go to good schools, you apply yourself. It's like, who, who's going to stop you? Yeah. And then on top of that, it's like also be a good human. I think a lot of times the smartness and the intelligence part um, is stressed, but the integrity and character part isn't. Mm. So I know for sure my parents stressed that. My mom was a nurse at Howard University for over 27 years. And I remember going to work with her and, uh, you know, we, we saw the head of surgery and she greeted him. Good morning, doctor. 
Mm-hmm. And then we moved down the hallway and we saw the janitor. Mm-hmm. And she was like, ah, good morning, Billy. How's your family? And yeah. I remember being like, one of these two is not are not the same. Right. But she treated them equally. And my yeah. mom, you know, stopped and said, listen, man, you have no idea if you're entertaining angels without your knowledge. So don't yes. be good to everybody. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And in my career, I will say that that lesson of having good character and being a person of integrity has has been what sustained me in the journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can attest to that. One of the things that you've you've done over the years, Yvonne, is that you're still so accessible, so down to earth, so approachable, so humble, really. Um, it's just who you are. I follow you on Instagram and I see your stories. And I wanted to ask, what would you say is a big factor. I know that your mother told you, uh, taught you how to sort of interact with people from all walks of life. But would you say that your faith has a big part to play as well? Oh, for sure. I mean, I got saved when I was 17 years old as a freshman in college and just learning more about the stories in the Bible, learning more about, um, you know, just how to, how to conduct yourself in business, in relationships, in friendships, and just Learning what it means to be a good human. I think people take that for granted that, like, you know, there's a lot of division in the world today. And, like, especially, you know, you talk about Nigerians, ah, you know, sometimes you can be so cutthroat and so gangstar. But it's like, no, 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 people still like working with good humans. Mm. Like, people still appreciate, you know, people who have a stance one way or another and they stick to it. Mm. So, definitely, my journey in faith has instilled that to me. I have two tattoos on my hand. One, says, and I don't know they carry last, and the other says, so because it's true, we are, we, even if we come in last, we say, ah, well, at least you are there, so we're not last, last. Like, you know, everyone talks about us not winning the World Cup, but it's yes. like, ah, but Ghana, that was your uniform, eh? did, did you people sell out Nike website? No, exactly. Even if we finish last, we'll find a way to show that we are still not last. Yes. It can't yes. happen. There's no such thing um, as last. And, no such thing. Which one is last? No, I was second to last. Because I was not last. And then the other tattoo is a scripture that says, my time, your hands, which is mm. uh, a Bible verse that says, I will yet trust you because my times are in your hands. Yes. And for me, I think, the gangsterness of being Nigerian, the fortitude that it takes to be Nigerian. It's like, you know, when you go back to Lagos, when you go back to Potasa and you see like, okay, never have taken light, but we still have to bake this bread. Mm-hmm. We still have to, you know, stand in the queue for, for, for fuel and all the mm-hmm. things that like can be put as roadblocks to stop us that we don't allow to stop us. Mm-hmm. It's like that when you bring to America and you're like, man, we have, we have running water. We have electricity. We mm. have hope. We have like, what do you like? What's going to what's going to stop me? Yes. Like what? Yeah. Like there's enough things that were put in place for me not to have gotten the green card to come to America, but I mm. did. Mm-hmm. And so it's like now that I'm here, I'm going to take full advantage of everything that's afforded to me. And then on top of that, the faith because there's no matter how much you work, there's favor can make up for a, a lifetime of work. Yes. And so just understanding that you know god has his own hand on my mm. life and his his plans will ultimately prevail is mm. like then you lean into that but mm. you know faith without work is dead so that's yes. why i have the two tattoos to just be like the niger the nigerian in me will always work 
But then the Christian in me will, also, will always rely on faith. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And that's actually a good segue into the next question I wanted to ask you, um, which kind of leads on from it is, did you always know about talking about your times in God's hands? Did you always know that you'd go into entertainment? How did that happen? I for sure didn't know I was going to entertainment. <laughs> I honestly had no idea. I thought I was going to be a doctor like most, yes. like most Nigerian kids. <laughs> You know, it's like, you'll be a doctor. You're like, oh, yes, mommy. And it's like, ah. And then you take organic chemistry and you're like, oh, but oh, God. Yeah, maybe not. Like, <laughs> you know, you get that, you got that one F. You're like, is this so fantastic? I don't understand. Why is this so red? It's a big F, but I don't know why. And then you're just like, oh, this is not going to work. And then, you know, like, I didn't realize, like, I don't even like blood. Like, I, if I get a cut in my finger, I'm like, hey, Jesus, I'm dead. You know, like, I just, I don't like blood. And so it was amazing to me that I thought I was going to be a doctor. But, you know, when that's all you've kind of been raised to believe and seem to know, yeah. you're just like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I was getting my master's in public health because I knew I, I, I wanted to still be a part of the health industry. I mm. love I love the quickness mm. of um, serving in public health because mm. you can go in can implement something and right away you can see whether or not what you're implementing is working mm -hmm. and i like the you know the one-on-one -on -one contact with like the people in the areas that you're serving mm -hmm. so i knew i liked that but so while i was getting my master's in public health i entered the miss nigeria in america pageant i think wasn't your husband a judge <laughs> i was for that? there yes i was there yes i, yes, I remember <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was like 2000, it was 12 years ago, it was 2006. Exactly. Um, and it was, I remember three years, I don't know, three weeks before the pageant, they called me and they were like, hey, we want you to, um, you want to, you want, we need you to tell us what your talent is. And I was mm. like, talent, which one is talent? Uh, you people, I, you people not Nigerian. We don't, we don't race black talent. You talent. talent is making straight things. Uh, yeah, exactly. me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, no, everybody who competes needs to have a talent. So I'm literally like, I don't know what they're talking about. And so I just, I, I, I was like, I, you never, that's such an American thing to do, mm -hmm. to have. It's like, oh, what are you good at? It's like, no one asks you what you're good at. They tell you what you're good at. Exactly. You know, or, or, or what you're going to be. So I really was shook. And I was like, man, God, I'm already invested in this thing. I've, I've bought a dress. This sucks. Mm -hmm. It's coming up in three weeks. I don't, how am I going to learn something mm. in that time mm -hmm. and I remember praying I remember hearing the voice of God say do comedy mm. and I was just like that's so weird I'm like okay Holy Spirit you got the wrong one because mm. I've never done comedy you know in in the Nigerian households you know the woman is supposed to be kind of like not so loud and boisterous <laughs> yeah. you know meanwhile like the guys will be sitting around drinking gulda and sigh and telling <laughs> jokes and laughing heartily yeah. But the woman's supposed to just kind of be chill and, yep. you know, kind of like stay in your place a little bit. Yes. So I'm like, comedy? That doesn't, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not the life of the party. I don't know how to tell jokes. I don't even know the structure of a joke. I was bullied as a kid. So if this doesn't work out, it's not going to end well for me. Mm. Like, Nigerians are so rude that mm. they won't even boo. They'll just stop <laughs> over talking. Uh, whose daughter is this? Why is she still on the stage? I uh, please someone remove her. Like, it yes, would just be that. Exactly. And I, it would you know, be... my mom's in the audience. I just was like, I don't, I don't, God, try, try again. <laughs> and I remember hearing God say, mm. well, what else do you have? Mm. You know, I got nothing. Mm. You know, and, you know, by this time, I think I'd been a born again Christian for about 
five years now, mm. five, six years. So it was that moment where you're like, either you're going to believe mm. the things you've been reading yeah. at the, the, in this Bible and going to at this Bible study, mm. or you're not. Mm. So now was, now was really the test of your faith. Mm. And I was like, man, God, if this don't work out, I'm blaming you. Okay. Mm. But at least, mm. at least I got someone else to blame. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I, I literally sat down and started writing what was funny growing up with a dual lens of being both Nigerian and American. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you were there. I hope, I hope you laughed. I did oh, actually. Yeah. It, it was a highlight. I will. It was so funny. I do remember. And, and you know what I, what I leaned on was just kind of t poking fun in a way that we all could laugh. Not like, yes. in a, so you know, sometimes when you talk, talk about, you know, a group of people, it could be demeaning. It could be like, you know, kind of cutting to hurt. But for me, I was like, you know, our parents do these things. And as first-generation kids, it's like we deal with them, but it's like they're actually funny if you look mm -hmm. at them in a different context. Yeah. And, and so it was just a way that, like, our parents were laughing and the kids who grew up in the same household like, that I did, mm -hmm. they were laughing. You know, mm -hmm. I had one joke where, you know, you know, my mom, anytime she gets a call from overseas, hello, <laughs> can you hear me? And it's like, yeah, mom, everyone can hear you because we're in church. You can put the phone away. <laughs> Because our parents will just pick up the phone everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's a library. It's a no cell phones. No, I'm funny. It's a call from Nigeria. Yes, Hello? Yes. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, seriously, stop. <laughs> but, you know, so, you know, it was just, it was, it was a practice in looking at things that could be so natural that they're mundane. Mm -hmm. But when you look at them from a different lens, you yes. can find the humor, you can find the joy, you can find the, um, the relational connection that mm. you have with people you never met, but if you grew up in a Nigerian household in America, you undoubtedly have you can, similar experiences. Yes, you can um, relate. Yes. So, you know, I, I wanted to ask you about following on about your faith. Uh, you have this new book coming out um, called Bamboozled yes. by Jesus. I just saw that you have a book deal, which is very exciting. Maybe you can talk us through that, what, what the book's about, where can we get it, when is it coming out? Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, well, there's no release date for it yet. I'm still in the process of writing it. I'm very excited about it because, you know, I think that I, I'm, I'm too young to have a memoir out. Like, that's just that's <laughs> my story still being told. Yes. But, you know, I believe, I believe in testimonies. I do really believe that, like, there is power in our testimonies. And, um, and this is kind of like a, a tying a bow on the first half of my journey, mm. uh, because I think that part of it is done and God is still revealing what the next part is. Mm -hmm. But I was like, for this part, there is somebody that is on their journey of faith. There's somebody that's trying to figure out how to make it as well. There's somebody that's like, man, uh, I'm, I'm in waters that are uncharted. And I'm trying to trust and I'm trying to believe and mm. it's hard. Mm. And it's like, girl, sir, I can for sure relate. I can for sure help. And this is me telling that story. Mm -hmm. But it's also me telling that story in a way whereby it's like, hey, the Bible that a lot of people think is so outdated and has no bearing on life in 2018 and 2019. Let me let me challenge that a little bit, mm. um, because I was fortunate. I was grateful enough to to you know, kind of grow up in a church or kind of the foundations of my faith be cultivated in the church that was young and fun and, mm -hmm. and made God cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some people yeah. just feel like God is so like, you know, pious and mm -hmm. he's so 
above the clouds mm-hmm. and he's the voice of doom. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't think I like, man, God, that's so like, yo, that's mm-hmm. not stupid. I'm not going to wear this guy. <laughs> All right, so what should I wear? Like, you know, like literally like, God, me and you, were like, let's look yes. at my closet. Like, this right? Yeah. Like, I bring him into my everyday life. And some of you are like, are you talking to yourself? Are you schizophrenic? I'm like, nah, me and Jesus are just trying to figure out what we're going to wear. Um, and it's like, you know, the same way you would bring your best friend into something. Mm-hmm. And so the book, uh reason I entitled it Bamboozled, it's actually called Bamboozled by Jesus, How God Tricked Me Into the Life of My Dreams, mm-hmm. because I love tricks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the best things in life happen when you allow yourself to get bamboozled by Jesus. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that pageant, if it wasn't for me saying yes, I would not be here on the phone talking with you. Yes. Um, because, you know, a lot of times God will give you just a, a glimpse of a dream. He won't tell you if to turn right or left mm-hmm. or to keep going straight. Mm-hmm. He'll just be like, hey, what do you think about this? Yes. And you're like, that thing's cool. Mm-hmm. And then you take the first Step, and then it's like, oh, but God, you didn't tell me that I was going to step and then fall down uh, like a whole mountain. Mm-hmm. And then like not and then like maybe have my leg uh, amputated. Um, and then you didn't tell me. But then it's like on the other end of this, like I'm going to get like uh, superpowers and my legs going to grow back and mm-hmm. I'm going to fly. Mm-hmm. But I don't see the flying part. I just see the me down with one leg limping. Yeah. You know, and so it's like that's how God gets it. That's how you get. That's how you get bamboozled. Because if He showed you everything, you would have never start. If mm. He showed you like, yes. hey, this is how it's going to yes. get rough, you'd be like, you know what? Yes, I, get I don't it. need all that stuff. In my <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know, it's, it's kind of like even if He shows you the rough and the good part, people would still be like, ah, but that rough part though, yes. I'd rather not. Exactly. And so you know, so the book is literally kind of taking my journey and correlating it with other people who had journeys in the Bible. Like, you know, you talk about Joseph and everybody knows like Joseph, the dreamer, Mm. Joseph was second in command over Egypt, but people don't talk about Joseph who was lied on, Joseph who was sold into slavery, Joseph Mm. who was in prison. And it's like, before he got to be second in command over all of Egypt, he was all of these other things. Yes. Um, But it's like, how did he get from, Sold into slavery, being lied on, being in jail to second in command. Like, mm-hmm. what? He's not that special. Mm-hmm. Joseph was a little kid when all this happened. He's yeah. not, he wasn't, you know, built to be a warrior. He's not, mm-hmm. he's not that special. He was mm-hmm. just available. Mm-hmm. You know, available, a lot of, yeah. and a lot of, you know, getting bamboozled by Jesus means that you become available to get bamboozled. Mm-hmm. You know, you're available to be like, God, I don't know nothing about no comedy, but. I mean, if you if that's all you got, cool. I guess I'll try it. You know, then you're available yeah. to see what can happen from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking about being available, so you've achieved so much, and I know I'm going to miss things, right? There's insecure. There's comedy, there's your podcast, the Jesus and Jalof podcast, which I subscribe to. There's a volunteer work that you just got back from the Dominican Republic as well. There's the book launch. There's so much that you've achieved, Yvonne. What's next? Are you kind of waiting for God to lead you or do you have something else? I mean, it it just seems like you've done it all. What would you like to do next? Man, I have I have not even scratched the surface of everything I want to do. So, no, mm. I have not done it all. Mm. But God bless you. Um, mm. My passion is still getting first gen, the show that I really want to bring to the world, the show about a Nigerian-American family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to... I want to tell that story. I think, you know, mm. we're a big population in America, but sometimes we're a forgotten population. Yes, yes. I think people 
make the mistake of just lumping all black people together. But mm-hmm. it's like there's Caribbean black people. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's African black people. Mm-hmm. There's, there's Dominican. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like there's so many different types of people. Mm-hmm. And just because somebody's brown doesn't mean that they are, like, w- like one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, you know, for me, uh, I don't want to tell first gen. But at the same time, like, I want to direct. I want to. I want to get married. I want to have kids. I was like, there's so many things I want to do that, um, you know, it's not done yet. Yeah, that's amazing. The world is your oyster. And we can't wait to see what's uh, what happens next, what unfolds next. Before you go, I know you're really busy, but I do just want to end by asking for all the young girls out there who are looking up to Yvonne or G, like, oh, my goodness, I'd love to do what she's doing in some way, shape or form. Right. What would you say to them? How how have you handled rejection? What advice would you give them? You know, I think rejection is part of the protocol. <laughs> I think that it's what you do with that rejection, right? Mm. And so you're going to get, like, people reject you all the time. Like, mm. if you go on a date and somebody's like, no, I think we should just be friends, you just got rejected. Mm-hmm. Or if you tell somebody that, you just got, you just rejected them. Or, you know, if you apply for a job and you're like, oh, there were so many candidates, but, and you were great, but we decided to go with X captain. So it's like, rejection happens in big and small ways, you know, mm-hmm. like, it, it it will forever happen. I, I, I like to tell people, I said, man, there's nothing a Hollywood executive can't can, that can tell me that will hurt my feelings when mm. you've grown up in a Nigerian household. Because, yes. you know, Nigerians like, ah, ah, you, you got a deep plug. Are you a dunce? Are you a dunce? Are you a foolish ghost? And you're like, what? Why am I being called a foolish ghost? I got a B. This is crazy. This is like, if your aunt, your uncle, or your parents are calling you a foolish ghost on a random Tuesday, ah, who is going to tell you that you're not going to make it? Ah, thank you for believing in me. Thank you so much. Like, it's like, what are you talking about? And so I think it's just about taking what people say, looking at it critically, deciding what works for you. Like, what are people saying that can actually make you better? Mm-hmm. And then what are people saying that actually doesn't apply to you? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you can reject it. You know, you have to, like, clear everything through the right lens. Because sometimes people clear things with the wrong lens. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, if God told me I'm going to do this, okay, God told me I'm going to do it. The person who tells me, oh, you, you know, you don't curse in your jokes, so you're really you're going to be, you know, pigeonholed mm-hmm. into, you know, really the Christian circuit, and that's not really, you know, comedy, comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the same non-cursing jokes was what Chris Rock allowed for me to display in Barclay Center in front of 15,000 people. Yes. So it's like, thank you for your opinions, but yes. like, I don't receive them. Yes. And so it's kind of like, what lens are you, are you relying on? Because mm. if you're looking for people to validate you and, and, and sanction you, it's like, well, I, I didn't look for people to do that. I look for God first, mm. and then, of course, God uses people. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, well, you got to have and know the right, the right people to, to, to have speak into your life. Um, and again, just because somebody gives you negative criticism or feedback doesn't mean that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. It just means, okay, what, what is it about this feedback that, mm-hmm. you know, even if it bothers you, like, what bothers me about it? Is, mm-hmm. Does it bother me because they might be right? Mm-hmm. Or does it bother me because it's completely not the will of God for my life? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that you just have to use wisdom and discernment. Yes, yes, yes. This has been so amazing. Thank you so much, Yvonne. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You guys have a great one. That was such an amazing chat and I hope you loved it as much as I love chatting to Yvonne. Please remember to subscribe and provide a rating in iTunes. 
You can also access all episodes in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, my website. Again, the web address is www.theebo.com. Thanks again for listening today and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.